We are geek-centric, and you can be too. What's up, geeks, and welcome to yet another episode of the Geekcentric Podcast. My name is Nate, and today we've got some great stuff lined up for you. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly show covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys and collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me on the show yet again, we have the jovial J-Law. Yo, yo! <laughs> and to his right, we've got Kevin the Cutie Hudson. Well, that goes totally against the image I've been trying to establish for myself here. Yeah, you, you had, like, rage and, like, the metric ton! <laughs> and now it's cutie with a booty. Speaking of that cutie with a booty, what's going on, cutie with a booty? How how's you, how you guys been? Uh, doing really well. Yeah. Doing really well. We've yeah. uh, all been working pretty hard together, planning out uh, the uh, upcoming videos for uh, the, the big channel there, so... Cool. It's an exciting time of the year with Halloween around the corner, and then Spooky. and then Christmas just past that, and then yep. uh, a couple big releases in November that we're very excited to celebrate, yep. uh, like only we can. So I don't know if we want to specifically reveal some of the things that we're going to be releasing over the next few weeks, but uh, we've got some goodies in store for everyone on the YouTube channel. Yeah, to think too, like this time last year, we were actually, you know, Kevin and I were talking, like we were on hiatus because we had just gone such a solid period of time of every Monday. And I think we both kind of came to this thing and we were kind of chatting all together. It's mm -hmm. like these specialty ones, those ones we have so much fun, whereas everything else was just kind of like a, for quantity purpose. Right. So we've now kind of gotten into this whole new process of making more quality over quantity. So so quality. going at our going at our own pace and doing what we think is, you know, top notch. So um, yeah, I think, we won't give away too much as we get closer. We'll we'll probably drop some some little tidbits of of hints. But yeah, it'll I be kind of fun to come on and and you know sort have of tease this as maybe what's yeah. coming up. But but uh, Halloween, Halloween is, is the next. Is the next one. One. I will give that away. Yeah. Very cool. Halloween yeah. is next. And you I remember, won't tell what's what it's about. I remember recording for our, our last Halloween video when we did the uh, the musical for Nightmare Before Christmas on and and for those who uh, are joining us maybe for the first time, we are referring to our YouTube channel. Yes, uh, youtube.com slash geekcentric. Subscribe. And give us a like and a view and click the bell and stuff. Um, but but for our for the last one, I remember how just how enjoyable it was to come in and Kevin, the lyrics that you wrote uh, were were super fantastic and just kind of what you guys worked on together. So me walking in and just being able to sing a few of those songs, um, oh, that, I was kind of blown away by that. That you killed it. Yeah, oh, that killed it. That carried that video, and I think that was the first one that we did. I remember I was like gone to like Disney World. And like I right got after? back. Well, no, like or right before. before. Yeah, yeah. And then I got back. I hadn't put anything together, but I got back and I stayed up all night and I just hammered that through. Mm -hmm. I had your your lyrics. We had all the story stuff that we figured out, like the storyboarding kind of put together. And it was like it was just such a nice amalgamation of everything. I think it's like after that project, it was like, you know, we should just really focus on what we love, like these these things that we love to do, and you know, not so much about like just pumping something out for the sake of, you know, quantity. It's like, right. you know, pumping out things that we're really proud of that we want to put our best foot. And I think you can see that in some of the later episodes for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. definitely. The progression is, is certainly there, but yeah. so yeah, so there's going to be a little, some, maybe some nods back to last year's Halloween video and then uh, okay. hopefully some, some new spooks and, and twists for everyone. So stay tuned yeah. for that. Very cool. Very cool. Well, listen, speaking of staying tuned, I would love to know, what you've been staying tuned to. I'd love to know, uh, Kevin, what you been up to? Well, here in Canada, uh, it's a pretty important time as the election is uh, right around the corner. And oh, so yeah. there's been a few debates um, that I've watched, and I will obviously steer clear of discussing any of the specific <laughs> politics there. But those debates are, you know, they, they take up a night. And, yeah. you know, then I'm reading, you know, thoughts and everything on those debates for hours afterwards so that, that there's a night gone anytime one of those has happened so yeah. fortunately those are done now and then i just discovered something absolutely deadly that i had no idea was a thing seinfeld is on demand on crave what oh no so i'm about 
season three, episode ten. I'm I'm You're I'm in. going. Why am I watching this show? I've seen every episode thirty. But <laughs> as soon as I discovered it, Sarah and I both looked at each other. And we're like. Uh-oh. So, right. So you're watching the debates, and then immediately the debate, Seinfeld. And then Seinfeld. It's a nice <laughs> brevity of fresh air and laughs. Sure. Certainly when there's not after. a hockey game on? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. I, I think it goes to say, if you've listened to episode two, where we debated out over <laughs> Jurassic Park, Kevin is a very passionate debater. He he knows how to debate. So it makes sense. But again, he's... no politics on this show, baby. <laughs> Just fun and laughs. Just fun and laughs. And the occasional rage outburst about bad movies from me. But we'll see. But of course, you know, even though we won't necessarily get into it, it's still super important. Get out there. Vote. Yes. Make your decision, no matter what it is, no matter what side you're on. Yes. Get out. Vote. And uh, and, and that's really the only way that we're going to see any sort of change happening. So there's a message. Definitely I can, a message right there's there. a message I support. Awesome. Gets my seal of approval. Speaking of seal of approval, Justin. Yes. What you've been watching that maybe you've given a... A seal of approval too. Well, I, I I've been just taking in. I've been watching a lot of stuff over the weekend. I watched um, it chapter two. Oh wow! Okay, I watched. Haven't uh, seen it yet. I watched yesterday. Oh okay, nice. I heard it was um, like a cute sort of. It it wasn't like phenomenal, but it was no. fun. I think what was great about it is the music. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the the one thing that I I just absolutely had to watch was El Camino. Um, oh, wow. I was yeah. stoked for that to drop on. That was like my Friday night. I was like, come home, do that. Yeah. Totally sat down, watched it. Just consume but it all. I will just say I was, it was underwhelming. Really? Yeah. I haven't was, seen it yet. Kevin, no. you seen it yet? I, again, I'm, if, 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 you've, if you've tuned in, I'm not oh, a Breaking right. Bad guy. Sorry, so, I forgot. You, so hearing people not when like we it talked about the trailer. fills me with joy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I heard. I, I remember when we talked about the trailer, you, you said it was the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. It, it, I, That's an exaggeration. <laughs> I, won't, I won't go into like immense amounts. I, I'm just, surprised you guys didn't push for, for that for a watch club or something. I was kind of relieved, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's a lot. I would have watched it. But. but there is a lot of investment. Like there are yeah. – I'm not going to give anything away because I know, Nate, you will want to watch it. I do want to see it at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, won't, I won't give it away. I'll just say that it was – it felt more fan service than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was a story that needed to be told. Okay. Um, Interesting. And I think that's that's all I'll They're say. talking about like um, him getting a – like awards for this, right? Like he's he's up really? for. Really, I haven't heard that. That's what I, I've heard that he's kind of the, the buzz is there for Emmy awards. Well, I don't know. I think it's. I think he did a better job in the the show itself. Kind yeah. of that you see the progression of his acting, you see the progression of his character. He really kind of owned it. Um, to be so removed from the series and mm-hmm. then coming back into at this point and like some moments being very refresher. Yeah. Um, it was nice, but I think it just felt it was just underwhelming a little, hmm. and it just was more for fan service. It, it just I don't know if it was a story that needed to be told. I was thinking I was thinking something much bigger, right. for what would have been told. Yeah, but I, especially because it's pitched as a movie, but it, okay. it just felt like a really long episode that I don't know. I, is, I is Aaron more. Paul in like a a uh, I don't want to call it a rut. I mean, the guy's career is obviously doing very well, yeah. but. He is just cast in these dour, miserable characters <laughs> in everything. So he's a little typecast, you think? I think it's getting there a little bit. Yeah. Like even in the trailer for the third season of um, of Westworld. Yes. It looks like he is just another been through some serious <laughs> shit and is not very happy with right. life character. Oh, right. you know? He's actually going to be in that. I feel yeah. hot yeah. about I mean, that. they just throw him in there really quickly in, yeah. that, in that teaser. They I was released, so happy but... to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was... That yeah, was cool. so he just seems... Like he plays the miserable guy every time. That's all I get from it. Mm. Nate, what what you been up to? Um, I've been playing a lot with my Lego sets. I've been building, not necessarily playing, but building um, a lot of Lego sets. We we had the opportunity to. Uh, you can check it out on our channel um, from our Fan Expo recap of Fan Expo 2019. We had the opportunity to. Uh, have a chat with Michael Lee Stockwell, who is one of the lead Lego designers for Lego Star Wars sets. And uh, and it it kind of just, I don't know, something bit me. And, uh, it reinvigorated something. Reinvigorated the Lego. Every time the we come Lego. over to do this, you've got 10 new sets ready to go. It's <laughs> right. Right. Maybe not 10. <laughs> well, no, there's there's quite a few sitting around. Okay, well, listen, maybe 10. But um, but definitely, you know, I, I, I started kind of really falling in love with I, um, Michael Lee Stockwell the way he talked about his sets and the way that he talked about bringing playability back to the sets and just how he redesigned the slave one, I just thought was super cool and, uh, haven't, haven't built that one yet. Um, but I did 
you know, I sat down and watched uh, the Apollo 11 documentary, the one that they they remade from that old found footage. Right, that looked incredible. Oh my it looked incredible, gosh, yeah. it looks phenomenal. It's a it's a great documentary. Awesome. I'm not normally one to really sit down and watch a documentary, but I sat down. I opened my giant NASA Apollo 11 Lego set and uh, and started building that. Um, and uh, it just since then, just sort of sitting down and having the book out and sort of watching something and, and building something at the same time that it, they correlate. Um, it's been really fun. It's been really cool to kind of see, you know, in real time, the what's going on on screen happening right in front of me in my hands with these little bricks. So um, definitely been having a lot of fun with that. I think the next set that I might want to try to build, I'm going to go on a friend's binge, maybe build the, uh, I got the, um, the central perk set. That that looks like a fun little, so I think that might set. be like lots of little details hidden throughout that one, yeah, which is always fun. Little hidden references from everything, right? So that's probably what I'm going to nice. get into next. Well, listen, if anyone from Lego is listening and would like us to do more Lego content on the channel, <sighs> if we can figure see, out how to this do is, it. And like, not to do side rant, like <laughs> I totally am with you i think yeah. the way we approached talking to to michael e stockwell about the design mm -hmm. and you know the playability i think like for me that was like that's i feel like how we should make our lego videos everyone's doing time lapse builds yeah. and stop motion builds and some are doing it obviously really 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 well mm -hmm. but i think it's like if we could add anything and the things that we try to add in our videos now is it's kind of like that educational sort of right information and you know to focus on design playability and less about like actually building it together but like even you know darcy kevin's brother mm -hmm. um who frequently comes along with us to all of these different events um and helps us with pretty much like getting pops so that we can put them in our videos yeah um he was you know he was saying you know you don't need to do all of the building you can do parts of it that do showcase that engineering and that playability so right. maybe you know for like boba fett's ship it's like the wings and then the body falls into place to kind of talk about that and you know showcase elements like that so you know it is something that we've kind of back and forth talked about it's like how do you get into lego but make it different because when you look at their stuff on their yeah. channel with their stop motion and obviously oh, everything that they've been able to achieve with the lego movie and how you know that yeah. they could have that like power of animation behind them their stuff is really good it's and like it's when like, you watch american idol and somebody's doing a cover of i don't know Whitney Houston, and you're just like, mm, okay, yeah, <laughs> all right. So let's um, leave it to the pros. Yes, yeah, exactly. So exactly. I think maybe we look at it from a standpoint of maybe less our story, uh, like our musical style fun boxings, more look at it more like our retrospective fun boxings, where we we go in and talk maybe about yeah, kind of some could be something that we have. try like yeah. in the new year. You know, like we're all Lego fans. I think you know we've all grown up with that. We yeah. love it. They they capture that nostalgia of like moments from movies, like. You know, that's where we kind of all kind of started our collecting in, in one way or another. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of flourished from that. So, so. if anyone from Lego is listening, hit us yeah, up. Yeah, hit will us gladly up. take some free Lego sets. <laughs> I know. You could sponsor know, this podcast. I know my wallet would be very happy. <laughs> um, but uh, let's go ahead and um, let's get into the news. It's all about the details. All right, this first news story. This is a big one. Uh, get ready. Uh, from Mike Fleming Jr. over at Deadline. A major structural shift is taking place at Marvel as the brand looks to put even more of its stamp on the Walt Disney Company with the upcoming launch of Disney Plus. All of Marvel's creative personnel is moving under Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige. Deadline hears that Feige is adding the title of chief creative officer for Marvel to his title. What that means for the brand is that the company's key creative executives across film and TV will now report to him. Guys? That makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, it, they want a cohesive unit. The, the film universe certainly has that, and so this only seems right. I mean, if you're going off in this in this direction of four new shows just with the start of Disney+, Plus, right? Yeah. They have to speak to the larger narrative that they're telling, I think, so... I mean, I'm not sure how much this means in terms of his creative input mm. as much as how He's, he harnesses these other creative individuals to work towards right. a similar vision. Well, see, because I was kind of worried with everything on the plate there that he's going to be spread too thin. Right. And and I don't know. I think I think this is this is how you keep 
Kevin Feige in Marvel. You right. say, well, yeah, hey, wasn't that a rumor re- that he was going to move to Star Wars? That, that he was uh, like or stepping away from stepping Marvel. Away from Marvel his time was done. It was 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 sort of the rumor. Yeah, no, so. but he was like, I think the idea behind keeping him in as a chief, you know, executive, creative. What is it? Uh, chief creative officer. As a chief creative officer, it's saying, hey, listen, you've obviously. You know, you're valued here. We don't want you to have to consider. Why not just do what you're doing with the movies, but do it across all platforms? Let our creative team. Yeah, this includes uh, anything animated now, yep. apparently. TV. Um, yeah. Anything like that TV, he's definitely overseeing, obviously, as he's building out this, you know, phase four and five. And I think this is so important just because in losing the Russo brothers going forward. Mm-hmm. To, to have lost him at the same time, you're taking the heart and soul of the cinematic universe out there, right? Yeah. That's You got to do one step at a time if we're weaning into a new direction. So I would say I don't think we're losing the Russo brothers. I just think they're turning the other way for a little while. I think there's always going to be something that'll bring them back. They have good relationships with Kevin Feige and Yeah, it certainly doesn't sound well. like it ended sour, no, but, yeah. but they haven't been announced in terms of yeah. doing any of the big projects. So I think the next time we see them is either for a ensemble piece because mm-hmm. they did it so well, right? Yeah. And just giving, you know, reintroducing them through that. Has or... Feige directed no. a movie? No. Like a Marvel movie? No. Do you think he ever will? I don't think so. No? I don't think he has to. He's putting a te- He's putting teams together. Right. Right, like everything he's carving out, it's it's about this writer, this filmmaker. We want to work with this person. We want yeah. to work with that. That's what he's good at. He's bringing teams together mm-hmm. to tell this story, and while all while being sort of the face, uh, the, the, the 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 talking head at the front of the exactly audience. the one that's promoting it, right? Mm-hmm. Like the one that's pushing it for the idea of like for the fans. Cool, awesome. Well, I mean, I kind of thought that that was already all happening. So, <laughs> Justin, when you told me about this, I was kind of like. I thought that was already the case, but I guess not. So maybe not as maybe not as huge as, as I thought it was. But uh, let's move into this next story. So this one's from Ben Pearson over at Slash Film, who writes, 90s heartthrob and Star Wars Rebels voice actor Freddie Prinze Jr. has heard the complaints about the franchise from certain corners of the fandom, and he's sick of them. On a podcast appearance, he was quoted as saying, Look, dog, you're just mad the franchise isn't aging with you. But that ain't how it works. You're just peed off that Han Solo gave the effing Millennium Falcon to a girl. So, uh, interesting quote uh, from Kanan Jarrus of Star Wars Rebels fame. Totally butchered, but yeah, it was an awesome quote. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, what do you guys think he means by this in terms of uh, that, that sort of kind of that, that corner of the fandom? What do we think that's he's referring to here? I, I don't know. I'm kind of confused well, by it. Well, I, the first part of that is all about the, the the franchise not aging with you. Okay. Okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I don't understand what that. I I was perfectly fine with Ray getting the Falcon at the end of Force Awakens. That has nothing to do with my issues with, you know, the the problems in the the the, the franchise as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not a a, a, a sexist thing about female Jedi's and right. stuff, but. It's, I don't think he's talking about fans like yourself. I think he mm-hmm. is talking about fans that are, you know, attacking Rose on social media and and saying awful things. It's like it's like why? Like why are you doing that? You know what I mean? Like you, I I wasn't fond of her character. I thought I think she was kind of, she she acted it well, but she wasn't really important to the story, and I thought that was more of a detriment on the writing and directing yeah. than it was on anything else. To the point where but to the point where Kelly Marie Tran has to uh delete her yeah. Twitter and Instagram, um, and like Instagram. she just went dark. Yeah, you know what I mean because she, because it was too much. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm, I think, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think, I think things like you know, I just think that it it is people are taking it too personal sometimes. Yeah, you know what I mean, and I think that's what it's kind of, it you know, Freddie well, Prince is talking I, I about. Think, isn't yeah. that the right of a fan? If I spend all my money and and my time watching stuff and buying your merchandise, if I'm right. not happy with something, shouldn't I be allowed to? vocalize that but to the point of in the same sense that i vocalize my pleasure with it by buying your stuff right but kevin i think again to justin's point you're you are the type of fan that you're you'll vocalize your displeasure with the with the series in terms of what you didn't like about certain aspects of maybe like the last jedi or what have you what the fans that i believe that freddie prince jr is talking about are the people that went out uh, of their way to make a cut of the film that only included a male cast. Like it's, it's these people that I think are, are kind of unfortunately 
souring the the, the Star Wars fandom and the, and the, well, that the goes, experience. That goes for well beyond Star Wars, though, right. doesn't it? Yeah, no, exactly. that's a problem in the world, if right. anything. So for sure, and I, I think... don't think Freddie Prince starting off a statement with "Yo, dog" is going to change <laughs> these people's minds. <laughs> It is true. It's why is he starting? Yo, dog. I mean, like, he was no, no. He says, it, "Look, isn't dog." Isn't he like fifty years old? Yeah, no. he still loves he? Look, dog. Yeah, yeah. He's he's getting close to yeah. fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just think I think there's like I think the way he's saying this is very like, you know, like he is trying to be like this younger like look, you know, like this is the problem. Right, like this is the problem. Like, and I mean, I think, this is a guy who used to work for uh, WWE wrestling, right, actually, as absolutely. a writer, and <laughs> got a lot of flack for that too. So he's been dealing with criticism since, you know, right, the but '90s. This guy, I do, I just think that it, it it's, it, it's really interesting though how there's passionate and then there's like aggressively passionate, right? Like, don't don't bully someone on Twitter no. because you didn't enjoy their character. Yeah. It had nothing to do with that person, exactly. Yeah. You know, like or the, because... the decisions that Rose Tico made did not have any. That was not Kelly Marie Tran making those decisions. No, exactly. And, like, the fact that, like, he even calls out, you know, the fact fans were upset that Han Solo gave the Millennium Falcon to a girl. Like, if I, I didn't see any of that. But if that was the case, that's, like, it's a really stupid argument. Yeah. You know, no matter what, I think at the end of the day, if your characters are great characters, that's all that I'm looking for. You know what I mean? doesn't matter who they are, where they're from, or what they do. I think if they're a great character and they, and they you know... I think, yeah, I think that's awesome that, to your point, Ray got the Millennium Falcon. And not to keep going with this, but, you know, it is time for, you know, Star Wars to change its direction, you know. Sure. And How many many women were in the original Star Wars? Well, yeah, but I'm not even talking about... Two? I'm not even just talking about that. I'm just saying, like... wasn't one the green... (laughs) (laughs) Well, you had Aunt Beru. Okay, sure. She's a woman. Yes. She was in the first... Excellent at serving milk. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So <laughs> that's you, the extent of her character. Right. So having having these strong female leads, and I, I hope, I honestly hope, especially for Rose's character. I mean, this is kind of getting into uh, Rise of Skywalker talk, but um, I do hope to see her character become more than what she was in in the last. And when show. I'm when I'm referring to new direction, I'm not referring to just the idea of you know gender and e- equality and right. those sort of elements in it. That goes without saying. I mm-hmm. think it's like the idea of open the doors to like new parts of the universe, you know what I mean? Which they're doing. And I think they leaned really hard, really hard in uh, um, the last Jedi, Mm -hmm. right. Rather than really just trying to focus it on closing out the Skywalker story. It just almost lingered. It didn't know what it wanted to be not getting into much detail about that, but I just mean it's time for them to move it in a new direction. So it's, it's nice to see that, you know, hopefully down the road that is, and Freddie Prince is kind of saying, "Hey, you know, just get over it. It's going to yeah. happen." You yeah. Know what I mean, well, I think it's interesting to see someone who's in Star Wars speak that candidly about the fandom in that way. Um, hopefully, we 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 start to see a little bit more of it. I think I think a lot of people are kind of scared to kind of voice their opinions in that way, uh, unfortunately. And I think I think that might be. Hopefully, that's something that sort of. Sparks a little bit more insight into Yo Dog, these the two words that changed the film industry forever. <laughs> Yo Dog, this last story from Matt Goldberg over at Collider, uh, who got a little more insight into the look and feel for the upcoming MCU film Shang-Chi, uh, who reports that Christina Radish interviewed Shang-Chi director Destin Daniel Cretton, who was asked about the hiring of Bill Pope as his cinematographer, to which he said, yeah. He has a really beautiful style that's both naturalistic and grounded, but also heightened in the best way. And anybody who can shoot the Matrix is probably going to do great with this one. So uh, what do you guys think about the kind of the vibe or the, the, the it sounds like we're going to be getting a Matrix style sort of vibe to, uh, to this movie? What are you guys thinking for Shang-Chi? I mean, I think you have to be a little careful about referencing a movie from 1999 that's been imitated so many times since that it doesn't feel all that fresh of a reference. Okay. But it also changed the game. Yeah. And so if Pope can step in and 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 reinvent the game mm-hmm. the same way he did on The Matrix, but yeah. not do what he did in The Matrix, then right. I think we want all the Marvel movies to be a little different and a little, little unique and have their own style. So. Yeah. Well, I if think, that's kind of what their focus is going to be, is, is bringing this 
original look and tone and everything to it, then why wouldn't we want something like that? Yeah. Sure, but, uh, you know, Ma The Matrix is definitely something that he's obviously well-known, but, like, he's done Spider-Man 3. Yeah, uh, Alita Scott, Battle Angel. Yeah, he did Scott Pilgrim. You know, he did Spider-Man 2. He did all of The Matrix. Uh, Jungle Book. He did yeah. Jungle Book. You know what I mean? Like, So, I think, I think I mean... It, the idea is that, yeah. I, I like, I, I don't think his style is necessarily just matrix you know what i mean okay i get the idea though that like he established no but he is yeah. he established a new cinematic style right. with that like just how gritty and real and raw it felt but it was obviously very super you know cg right so mm -hmm. i think you know to bring in those elements of just knowing how to choreograph you know, realistic camera movements with visual effects. That's what's going to be really interesting, mm -hmm. especially for the fact that he did, you know, Jungle Book, yeah. right? You know, that is an orchestrated sort of, you know, you're not filming those animals, right? Like those are scenes that you're mocking up with like, things in place digital artists yeah, yeah and digital artists are going through right well that is it for the news. Um, at this time, we're going to move into a lovely little segment we like to call Trailer time. It's trailer time. All right, this is trailer time. We're going to talk about some of the latest trailers to drop. Um, recently, the trailer for The Turning just dropped. And with it being October and kind of the spoopy months, I thought it might be a good time to talk about some scary movies. I know, Kevin, you're not normally a fan. No, I'm not the biggest horror movie guy. Did right. he say spoopy? I heard spoopy, spoopy yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got... So it's like it's like it's kind of like spooky because it makes you poop your pants, kind of. Kind of. Okay. That's okay. the kind of the idea. I okay. think it's yeah. It might just be a thing that young people say. But um, <laughs> this is <laughs> directed by uh, Flor Flor. Oh my gosh, Floria Floria Sigismondi, um, <laughs> starring Mackenzie Davis, Finn Wolfhard, and Brooklyn Prince. Um, and it's it it looked. I mean, it looked pretty freaky. Um, I think anything with kids in it from a horror standpoint is scary. I, I just want to see Wolf and something else. I, I guess he's he's so young. He's He seems he's, to be typecasted. Mm. This kind of looks different because he kind of looks more like a villain. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. Just get him out of this genre. Let's see, like, you know, something else. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying there. I mean, I think we're going to see him have a bit more fun in something like Ghostbusters coming up. So right. he's just got that look right now. He was cast for Ghostbusters. He's one of the kids? Yeah, I yes. believe so. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but, you know, he's just got that look right now. He's yeah. just in that awkward, creepy teen stage where he's all gangly and <laughs> got that, you know, he's just got the look. That's that why he's perfect for I young think he looks. I think he looks like he plays the character quite and, well. I mean, seeing him in interviews, I feel like he has a lot of fun with these roles. Yeah, you know what I mean? I yeah. feel like he's really enjoying this kind of, you know, moving away from Stranger Things kind of thing. He's an actor for yeah. sure. But, uh, you know, I just hope that, like, he can really challenge himself to step outside. You know, that that happens yeah. with as you adult. I think we'll know. see him. I think we'll see that happen for sure. For sure. Point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, are you guys... Yeah, I think you might. Well, I know Kevin's not going to see it. Justin, it just, it just gonna... looks been there, done that. Yeah. I mean, again, Creepy I don't, I don't watch the horror movie genre, but I follow the heck out of it. Right. Almost in a weird, like scared curiosity. <laughs> so I know all these movies. Yeah. Another haunted house with some kids, and it just, it just an old looks, lady. It yeah. just looks very been there, done that. I think yeah. absolutely. It does look like it's it's. I just don't know how some a fan of the genre would choose. Like, oh, I want to see this one versus this one because they all kind of look the same to yeah. me. It plays play devil's advocate it's almost like all of these horror movies kind of do play with the same sort of tropes like within the horror genre there's the haunted mansion story there's the possessed demon story right. there's the kids being you know yeah. uh terrorized there's by a monster or a murderer yeah gonna murder you exactly yeah. right like there's there's these mini sort of things that kind of take place within the genre yeah. and this is just another take on that i think you know kind of smashing looks like it's smashing a little bit of like the shining that psychological thriller but going deep 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 horror okay interesting um yeah i'm i'm i think i'll I, i'll wait for reviews i'll wait till they see what they say yeah i'm not it's rushing out to see it that's for yeah. sure well don't worry it doesn't come out till january right we yeah. got some time like I just january all january. of these movies should be released between october 1st and yeah. october 31st and then leave my life for 11 months of the year right no january. but you have and to i'll sprinkle. suffer for a you month have to with sprinkle. this stuff and that's then... better marketing because yeah. like february and january as you know it's like it's usually like 
time for right. for movies, right? Yeah. So it's like it's like you want to get some asses in those seats. So you know, it you kind of offer. And a with a name everything. like Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things, you're going to pull in that audience, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, on Jan- January 24th, we're all going to be building lightsabers. But um, <laughs> this next trailer I wanted to talk about is Daniel isn't real. Uh, this is directed by Adam Egypt Mortimer. Um, starring Andrew Ayala, Andrew Bridges, and Katie Chang. Um, if, for those who haven't maybe seen the trailer, it's a troubled college freshman, freshman uh, Luke. He suffers like a f- violent dr- trauma, and he resurrects a childhood imaginary friend of who, of course, turns evil and tells him to kill people or whatever. Um, I, I mean, if you can't tell already, I don't know if I enjoyed this trailer as much as I enjoyed the idea of the movie when I saw the description for it. I, I entirely agree. It looks like a bad indie horror movie. I thought it looked very art house. Yeah, very yeah. indie. It, it looked better than The Turning, at least in terms of originality, sure. I thought. Yes. I did look – I thought it was old looking though. Like It, it, it felt like look, it was made a long time yeah. ago. But I, I feel like that's, again, like another one of those – like more of an aesthetical trope. Like make it super grainy and super high contrast and, yeah. you know, very thing. I, I, I agree. The idea sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. I just – I don't I don't know. I just – it looked like a bad indie film and it looked like it's going to like in the horror genre, there's always those movies that kind of like, like to linger with, with going super scary. And then there's some that go really dark, like almost like that Asian horror style where it's like super gore. This Mm -hmm. looks kind of like it might pull into that. Like it might get into that where it's like super gory and just super intense, scary. I just like the, I like the, the psychological aspect of exploring concepts of imaginary friends i mean um again no spoilers but like you know watching the joker getting a lot of those vibes of what is real what isn't real um i think i think that would be kind of cool to see if they play with that a little bit more and it might be the perfect time for this movie to come out right yeah yeah coming out uh december 6th and i i'd I'd quickly say if i were going to see it for any particular reason myself i'd see it for uh the, the main character there miles robbins okay um uh he's i know him mostly from uh blockers He's oh, the, the really? chef. Oh, you know, okay. The, yeah, who he's cool. amazing in that movie. He's so like likable. Right. Um so he, maybe they, if they And he plays a thing. similar stoner kind of character in uh, the most recent Halloween movie as well. Okay. And so this looks like a bit of a departure. So, you know, yeah. somebody who I, I kind of like this kid and want to see where he's going to go. So it'd yeah. be a departure for for the stuff I've seen from him already. So, let it go on the record. Kevin might see this movie. No, I'll never, I'll never see this movie. No, I, I think <laughs> if I were going this. to, if I Kevin, had to choose, we're going to get you to a horror movie one of these days. Hey, I just said I watched Halloween. Yeah. That's yeah. a horror movie. Yeah. Well, watch them. We'll yeah. get you to a. We'll get you. One. We'll get you to a yeah. horror movie Find with a good a one, and maybe I'll check it out. We'll bring, we'll bring a diaper just to be safe. <laughs> now, speaking of diapers, you might have a few kids in diapers at this next movie. Uh, the trailer, <laughs> the trailer that uh, I'm talking about is Doolittle. Uh, directed by Stephen Gagan, Goggin. Yeah, he's, um, he's fantastic. Is man. he? Yeah, yeah, he wrote Traffic. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, what, what is he doing making Doolittle? <laughs> well, he's uh, he's grown as a as a filmmaker, and like to see that he's actually doing this movie, it, yeah. it kind of makes me that much more excited. Because at first, you know, it it kind of looks like another version of Downey as Sherlock. Yeah, he, he looked very Sherlocky. Well, and like, sounded like Sherlock. He did the thing with the hat. Yeah, that's that's he did the. And he's there with like bandages, right? And and, and he's unshaven, and it's yeah. like and like his voice was weird. Yeah, he has the British voice, but like the one scene that just did it for me was yeah. in the trailer when he slides like on the ground, yeah. and all the swords point at him, and he does that sort of animated like. Yeah. You know, I'm caught. You know, his hands are up. It was like right in that moment. I'm like, oh, he, you're embodying like your Sherlock. And it's almost interesting that actors can do that. Yeah. Like they could say, oh, well, it, it, you know, he's going to say, well, it's kind of like this character that I've played. So I just need to do a bit of this and find the nuance of difference yeah. where it's Doolittle. For for Robert Downey Jr. fan. So this is his first non-Iron Man role since uh, 2014. So, I mean, that is refreshing, you right? Know. That but, is. I am excited. Even the, sec- the second Sherlock was like 2011. So yeah. it's there's, been a while since he's done that at least. It's there's not... talks of a third. Well, yeah. Sherlock? I've heard that, yeah, which would be nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I but, I'd yeah. love to see that. I, it looks like it's going to be a bit of a, uh, a tear string puller, eh? Or, I, or that moment in the trailer with the gorilla. 
Yes. And all he on just the looks at it. He's yeah. like, you, you, you don't have to be strong or something right. like that. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be afraid. Yeah, I was no. like, huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, sympathetic I mean, monkeys get me it, every time. Not sure who's going to voice that sympathetic monkey, but like, um, like Tom Holland is in this movie, Rami Malek, uh, Ralph Fiennes, and, um, you know, Selena Gomez, John Cena. All of them, I think, doing voice acting roles. I would imagine because we didn't see any of them right. in the human the only, roles. The only human role I think we saw that was big was Antonio Banderas. Banderas there's yes. the bad guy, yes, I would imagine. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he uh, looked, yeah. I thought it looked pretty cool. I'm, 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 I'm no, actually I'm not sure. I'm not like a big you know, Dr. Doolittle fan, yeah. so I'm not sure. But this looks like it might be a little bit more resonant of the source material than the Eddie Murphy ones were. <laughs> I think so. That tried to modernize it I everything. Think so, I think yeah. this it could be a fun sort of escape movie, you know? Yeah, well, it's just... It, it, an adventure. It, I, it, I think it just really stinks of like that live action Disney side that we haven't exactly. necessarily enjoyed. Granted, this isn't being made by Disney. No, uh, but, it, but they went ahead in yeah. this movie to promote the fact that the producers yes. of Alice in Wonderland yeah. and Maleficent, which were relatively Maleficent was okay yeah. Alice in Wonderland that one, yeah. that's a yeah. bad one to, yeah, yeah. to, to sell me on a but movie for, no but yeah. it, it, it while it wasn't a great movie it has been applauded in terms of you know it's it's aesthetic you know what I mean of really just capturing and painting the world as it is right like it does do that really well I watched that movie strictly for that purpose yeah of just seeing you know that realization of an Alice in Wonderland deep world and it looked cool so this does look cool and I, I think you're absolutely right they're kind of kind of like floating on those tail ends of Lion King and, and, and you know, Maleficent and, Maleficent and, and everything else yeah. that's live action. Yeah. I, I, I'll... The Eddie Murphy versions were still good. Yeah. Really? The first one had its... Yeah. Number two. Number two. If yeah, he shows much. up as a as a character, imagine... Oh, imagine they put him as a voice act? Right? As one of the animals? Just at the very, like, end or as an Easter egg? And if they made it a donkey, that yeah. would be... <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch it for that. Uh, this last trailer from uh, this is actually a new Apple TV Plus series. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be launching when Apple TV Plus is uh, no, launching. December 6th is when it comes out. Okay, cool. So a little bit shortly after, which uh, Apple a month TV later. Plus launches in November. November 1st. First, thank you. Um, this is Truth Be Told, um, starring Octavia Spencer, Aaron Paul, Michael Beach, and Lizzie Kaplan. Um, and actually, it also had someone else in it. But, but before I, I'll, I'll look that Chris, up. Chris, uh, Chris Cooper. Was that who it was from? Uh, oh, is, am I right about that? The guy right. from uh, from Mr. Robot. What's that guy's name? I I'll get to it. It's fine. I, I'm pretty sure this guy that we're thinking of is also in the Joker and plays Mr. Wayne. Brett Cullen is who we're thinking of. Yes. Yes. Not not who I was thinking of. At no. All. Name was Brett name was Cullen. totally off. And then I was thinking of Ron Cephas Jones. Who's in Mr. Robot? Um, did you ever watch Mr. Robot? Oh yeah, right. Yeah. He's the he's um, here. I'll just quickly load up a picture. This guy. Yes. Oh, yes. he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's, he's really good in Luke Cage too. Yes. yes. Yeah, he was really oh. good. In Luke did he did he win the Emmy for for um, Mr. Robot or for Luke Cage? It says he won one primetime Emmy. Let's see. Let's see what that is. Yeah. Uh, Please hold. Was, uh, on this is us actually. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for outstanding time. guest actor in a drama series. Um, this is following a true crime podcaster tries to solve the mystery surrounding a family patriarch's death. Um, so it really, I mean, it, I, I was intrigued the entire time during this trailer. Um, but the the aspect of Aaron Paul being in it after seeing uh, El Camino, Justin, what, are you, what did you, was it more of that? Well, exactly what Kevin said yeah. when we were talking about El Camino is it looks like he's playing... The same sort of role. It's almost like I kind of get the impression it's like Jesse in prison, right? Like Jesse Pinkman in prison. Like that's kind of. Don't spoil the end of Al Camino, please. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, No, I think it's uh, it's interesting. Apple's really pushing hard to really get some eyes on their their content that they've invested in. Though it doesn't look like it might be violent. It it does look like it's a thriller mystery. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought that Apple TV Plus everything was going to be, but it is it is supposed safe. to be. Yeah, no, but I think that again, a trailer can be very misleading. Obviously, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, you can see a lot more of the gore, and that might just be it. Mm. Do you know what I mean like for the whole series? For yeah. the whole series, right? Yeah. So I think I think at least it's it's kind of nice that they are really acquiring such talented, mm-hmm. you know, uh, actors and and writers and directors to kind of lead this charge of their first stint at content. Yeah. Um, but they are like I find this trailer is 
definitely like I don't know how you guys might feel about it, but like it's really pushing hard to sell like what it is in terms of like a dramatic thriller. I was okay with that because I I wanted to I mean I want to see more of that world. I think the trailer did a good enough job that it's way. It's funny I didn't realize it was a show until the very end when I saw the Apple TV. Oh yeah, and so I was going, man, they're fitting a lot of stuff into this movie. <laughs> how long is this movie going to be? Right. So it does seem like something that you know if there's twists and turns and if you because it's not based on a true story though i think they did a great job making it almost feel like it was based on this real life event yeah but so not knowing what's going to happen will be kind of exciting to follow along and if it is sort of a twisty turny did he didn't he do it you know what is the truth behind i like the modern aspect too of making it like she's a podcaster yeah like it's also just the prevalence of of, normally that would be like a radio host today's society sort of creeping in and and creating impressions for people be they true or false it was sort of it does seem very relevant it's funny how crime like crime thrillers really blew up through podcasts right so it's almost like well, and a netflix series well yeah. but yeah netflix series for sure but it like it like with serial like did you guys ever listen to serial i didn't i didn't listen I've to heard it of it but it is pretty intense and it's like it draws you in and and, and that's why i kind of stopped it was like almost too intense at times yeah um but then you know you get into like how netflix jumped on it was like well why don't we just start making some some shows so like there is that sort of that niche right now mm-hmm. within that for all the fans i think they call them murderinos um, but uh, I think, um, you know, honestly, the more series that are HBO level quality showing up on Amazon, showing up on Apple TV Plus, showing up on Disney Plus, like I'm all for it. Like I just think to me, HBO has hit it out of the park as far as quality is concerned for almost everything I've watched from them. So the more things we get in that vein, which this kind of looked like it, I'm totally down for. All right. So that's trailer time. I think it's about time now that we move into our topic of the show. And for this week, I thought we would check in with the listeners. Um, we have a question from Marty Graham from Lisburn, Ireland. Uh, she asks, sorry, Marty. Uh, she asks, <laughs> what has been your favorite movie theater going experience? Taking into account the vibe of the theater and the experience beyond the movie you watched. So I think maybe if we talk about um, our favorite and then I think it would also be kind of fun just to fill in a little extra time. Maybe talk about maybe the worst movie-going experience you've ever had. Um, so I, you know, uh, position it to you, Kevin, if you want to go first um, as far as what was your favorite movie-going experience. Um, I definitely, um, you know, have a plethora of of moments, you know, over the years that I remember just really enjoying myself or mm-hmm. or really enjoying the movie or. Uh, you know, there's special experiences, uh, seeing Phantom Menace, you know, seeing my first new oh, wow. Star Wars yeah. movie in theaters. Those those sorts of things are are amazing. I could talk about those um, forever. But uh, certainly the most unique experience I've ever had and sort of one of the coolest things I've experienced in a theater was uh, we were watching Kick-Ass. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, downtown Toronto at the Scotiabank Theater. Nice. And there's a scene in that movie where uh, the two main characters are leaving a movie. And sure enough, the theater that they walk out of was the Scotiabank Theater. No. So to be watching a movie, seeing those characters leaving a movie at the same theater. And like, you know, for the people in the audience who sort of went, wait a minute, that's where we are right now. It was a very cool, like, elbow bumping moment. Like, that's so crazy to see, you know. So for the movie to be filmed in Toronto and then to be in Toronto at the same theater, it was so cool and like... When is that ever going to happen again? You know yeah. what I mean? So that's certainly the most unique experience I can think of For in the sure. theater. I mean, think, seeing, I think anytime you see, we get to see our lovely Toronto, uh, you know, in a movie, um, you know, I think it's always kind of exciting to kind of, oh, I know where that is, or I've, I've seen that place, even if it is in Gotham or, or you know, it's supposed well, to be New York. Well, I mean... I lived downtown while they were filming Scott Pilgrim, and right. I walked every day to work past these sets. And it would be the middle of July, and they'd have fake snow everywhere. And it was just like, I cannot wait to see this thing on the big screen. Yeah. I didn't recognize a second <laughs> of the city right. in that movie. Yeah. It, that was one of my most disappointing aspects of that movie. They didn't was, play into it enough. They didn't make this, the city of Toronto a character like I know it is in the, the comic and right. everything like that. And so for this movie to not actually be taking place in Toronto, but you, I can recognize landmarks in uh, kick ass throughout that movie where you're right. like that's Toronto that's Toronto that's Toronto and yeah. so but so the theater thing itself the theater within a theater was that's cool. trippy yeah very much so 
Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as my favorite theater experience, um, a few years back, I had the opportunity to travel to Austin, Texas, and I uh, was there for, for a work thing. And while I was there, um, I had my first ever Alamo Draft House experience. Um, have you guys ever heard of the Alamo Draft House? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. right. Have you been to the Alamo Draft no. House? No. Okay, so, you, okay, you let me paint the picture for you. So you walk in, and it smells like church. <laughs> and it smells like an old, you know, everything's made of wood, very sort of feels like you're in a movie theater in the 1970s. Uh, and the carpets are, are really old, and you can see dust on things. But they're playing, you know, the most recent movies. Um, but I think one of my favorite experiences there, not only the fact that you get to order food or, or drinks, um, you know, they've kind of got these little sort of little tea lights there and, and you kind of go in and for any of our uh, listeners who are listening from America, I mean, you guys are all thinking, yeah, whatever, you know, it's a, it's a normal movie theater experience, but this is in Canada, we don't have that sort of thing, or at least we didn't at the time. I know that VIP yeah, it's, now it's is cinema coming into, starting yeah. to come into it. But the literally the, the fact that I've got this little tea light here, the the seats are set up so that when people come to deliver your order, they're not in your way. Um, they're kind of the the seats are elevated in a way that they can walk in front and then deliver your order, um, which is just super awesome. Anyways, the movie we saw uh, was The Nice Guys with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Nice. Um, have you guys seen that movie? Oh, yes. yeah. So good. Hilarious. And so to, to kind of be in this this movie theater where I'm experiencing, you know, this 1970s uh, movie in this sort of 1970s. It felt like I literally traveled in time mm-hmm. and watched this movie from, from the, you know, when it was released in the 1970s. Um, so it was, it was such a fantastic experience just to kind of take it all in and to kind of have that that fun with it and i think alamo draft house from what i've i've read from what they've been doing and from what i also saw in terms of what other movies were available on the uh, at, on that night you know they had like i think they were playing the iron giant in the theater next to us you know so like these kind of um experience i think they definitely go after that more sort of indie crowd i know that they were showing uh recently they were showing joker in 70 millimeter um you know so that sort of thing is I think it's cool when when we're not just getting the same movie theater over and over and over again, um, which unfortunately I feel like Cineplex. They're all cookie cutter. Yeah, they're a bit yeah. cookie cutter. They're As somebody who's, uh, for instance, just really quickly, I no, mean, yeah. I, I'm a big baseball fan and I like to travel around, you know, North America to all the different stadiums because yeah. unlike hockey arenas that are all the same, that are all just the same shape building with the same concourse and the same. Baseball stadiums are different and unique, and mm. and and they all have their own personal touches. And movie theaters back in the day were all notorious for their own feel and aesthetic, and and sort of and that sort of thing. So to be able to experience that with the perfect movie to bring you back to that vibe and everything like that, it sounds like a wholly unique experience that you couldn't just get down the road at your local Cineplex or even a yeah. standard AMC. Yeah. Yeah, it was super cool. And it's just again the smell, the the look, the feel was fantastic. Yeah, I I kind of I don't know if I have one experience that I can really say is like, you know, outstanding. There's just so many. Like, yeah. you know, Kevin brought up Phantom Menace. I remember waiting in line for, you know, 13 hours to get those tickets just yeah. so that we could be there when you had to line day. up wait you had to line up for tickets right? outside yeah outside. Like, <laughs> outside with lawn chairs and stuff <laughs> i had i was so young i was like what was we were in grade eight yeah yeah we were yeah. in grade eight wow. and i like i remember my dad was like oh, are you sure you can you're gonna be able to do this i'm like yeah 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 he got me the lawn chair didn't he you came back order with pizza my, no he came back with mcdonald's for me nice. Oh, nice and then and then the older guys that were there were like uh you get you you're gonna finish those fries i'm like no it's, it's fine <laughs> right so i ended up sharing my food but just the whole nostalgia of going to experience a film in a theater yeah you know you've described something that definitely harkens to the nostalgia of it right like mm-hmm. that, that experience you know it, it's kind of built as a history as a as a piece of, of no history to film exactly yeah. toronto we we might have a couple but like it's it, you know like bloor cinema still still does 70 mil um yeah. projections but that's what i like about going to the theater you're with an audience you're focused on the screen mm-hmm. you know it's not like how it is now with you know netflix and, and all these different things where you can kind of 
you know, more and more people are doing multiple things while watching something on Netflix. Right. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and it doesn't really get your attention and focus like it does when you're sitting in a theater and the lights darken and the only light is the screen. Now, kind of, you know, you had mentioned, Justin, um, everyone in the theater sort of being there for the same reason. And I think when we go see a movie, like I remember when, when we all went to see Endgame and the energy in that you know opening night that that helps carry that whole moment Incredible. for you like that was entirely what star wars was for yeah. us when we were younger it was like that theater was packed people were dressed up it was running like, around smacking each other with lightsabers yeah. and they were into it you know? yeah. it, it was the first time we've ever experienced something like that right like we never seen that much hype around a movie and like marketing it was at its all-time high you know this was just before like internet trailer started booming and i remember i think there was an internet trailer that dropped for episode one and it was like a pain to try to find and you know only apple trailers had it well i think the original one uh, only released before uh, the highly successful freddie prince jr movie uh based on the computer game uh what fighter pilot or starfighter but yeah i'm pretty sure the first phantom menace trailer dropped before that movie or whatever the movie is yeah and you know people were going to the movie watching the trailer and leaving oh, yeah. no. you know you show exactly. up just to see the trailer yeah. and oh, then go yeah. so that's that would be upsetting and i miss you know only getting to like only getting to see trailers before a movie it yes. wasn't you know it, now you see everywhere. them two weeks before these movies come out sometimes yeah, yeah. like before they're in the and it was amazing to see the, the whole, what is this a trailer for yeah. now you know and you know oh, I've, I've seen this trailer already yeah. yeah yeah and like when you're sitting you know i remember um i would say probably my worst movie theater experience ever so i went to go see the arrival now that movie a large portion of that movie sounds like this so you could imagine <laughs> with how quiet it is in that theater in those really intimate moments where she's interacting with the aliens and, and those really like important moments to have a bunch of teenagers over on the top left corner of the theater making way too much noise on their phones, not paying attention to the movie, not like I don't know why they paid to be in that space for that amount of time to literally not do anything. It just it was so frustrating to to be in that space and want to watch this phenomenal movie or at least i think it was a great movie um you know and and experience it for everything it's worth yeah i mean i think there needs to be courses that people have to take and pass in theater (laughs) etiquette because honestly it's two hours you sit down you shut up you watch the movie you talk about it after yeah laughing of course is okay sure if you're afraid if you're tense if you're that's i want you into the movie Mm -hmm. and enjoying it do not lean over to the person next to you and talk about it. Sure. There's Starbucks down the road. If you want to come if out they, If they were talking chat. about the movie, I would have been a little more okay with it, but they weren't. They it were was just, just being it was complete, just, you know. Yeah, but that's ridiculous. We, that is the problem with theaters, right? Yeah. Is that you get people that are just, no, what what movie's playing? Oh, we're just, we'll, we'll just go see this. Like, yeah, I mean, if it, you want something to do to night. hang out and talk, go to a Starbucks yeah. and sit there and talk. Do not do it in the that's, middle of the theater. That's why that's, I, to spend money on That's that. why I always say like a first date, taking someone to see a movie, not really a good idea. You know what I mean? No, because then you you get to know each other, right? You know, Um, but like, I think there's a lot of little elements of theater etiquette that people ignore. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't like when people get the nachos, man, because you're hearing that tray (laughs) rattling. It's completely quiet on this. Like, man, I try and time my bites to when there's something loud going on. (laughs) Even if that means I have a mouthful of popcorn for three minutes, I'm waiting until it's it's quiet enough that I can sort of eat it. I remember this one time I was at a theater and the lady three seats over from me. Yeah. And this was not a full house. So she could have moved. Yeah. She's sitting in a chair doing this the whole time. What? For about the first 45 like, minutes. Squeaky chair. Squeaky chair, bouncing in no. it. And it was just, ma'am, could you move over one seat? Please. And she wouldn't. This is my seat, she no. said. No, okay, yes, in theory it's your seat, but there are open ones available. So that was one of the most annoyed I've ever been in a theater if you're talking about worst yeah, experiences. Yeah. I don't care if you have a nervous leg syndrome or something, but if right. you're in a chair that's making noise and you have the ability to move to, over, right, move over. You know, move over. Like sure. I remember now the, the now these theaters have the uh, reclining leather seats, which are great, you yeah. know. If not a little dangerous because you might fall asleep because you're so comfortable, <laughs> but and this poor guy in the quietest movie. Um oh gosh, what was it? It was all about so it was the John Krasinski one. Oh, <laughs> quiet place. And a, quiet a good place. five minutes into this movie, this guy's like, I want to recline. But his chair was a little broken. So 
<laughs> for the next 15 minutes, it wasn't a very quiet place because it was yeah. oh, no. as he's slowly, oh, quietly trying to... It was to, like an electric he, one. He was probably waiting for that moment where you'd get some noise. Or right. You're not, you're not, not getting it in this one, pal, movie. So. That was that was oh quite the struggle goodness. to watch him do that. <laughs> I, I think I think easily one of the worst experiences, and I think we actually all experienced it together, was uh, when we went to see The Dark Knight Rises. Mm. It was a midnight oh, show. Yeah. It was oh. the first IMAX show that was showing yeah. at um, at midnight, and we knew it didn't have trailers, so we were there nice and early. We we were ready to go, but when the movie rolls, there's no sound. And I've never seen an audience get so angry, turn towards the projector, flagging their hands. Stop! Rewind! And you can't rewind IMAX. Like yeah, just that, give us an hour and like, a half to reset the film. Exactly. Reel here, guys. Like you, you just watched like purely like you know three to four minutes. That's like you know an extended period of time to respool that film so you can actually start it from the top. It was literally the like right. it was funny. It was the worst thing, but like. You know, we all got rewarded. They all gave us vouchers and stuff like that. Like, I, I mean, I think we had seen it already. We had. They yeah, released we, it as a as a preview before Before a else. Mission Impossible mm-hmm. 4. Yeah. But yeah, that was there was a lot of nerd rage that day, let me tell yes. you. But was... I, I think generally speaking, though, the movie-going experience, you know, we've all kind of touched on it. It feels very cookie-cutter. It feels very typical. You know, you get your yeah. 15 minutes of meaningless, like, ads, you know, like yeah. car ads. That or look like movie or, trailers sometimes. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely, because they're shot... Because they know that's where they're going to be well, going. I miss I miss the days when those were running on the screen before the trailer started. Right? Remember when the lights well, went out? Do. It started to go trailer time. It, that was it. Right. And the ads it's used to be trailer cool, time. You know? I remember they used to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, <laughs> right. you know, they used to run those, and then they'd have a trivia question. This actor starred in this movie with it. You know, and mm-hmm. that's when you're coming in with your popcorn. You're sitting down, and your your last chance to talk. And then you sit down, and then once those lights went down, it was time for trailers. Yeah. But now you know. Movies don't start for 25 minutes after the posted time. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, 16 car commercials and then your five trailers and, you know. Yeah. And and that, I think, is, you know, it's part of the reason why these theaters are able to stay open and do what they do is because they have, they lean so heavy into the advertising. Everything is, right? Like, you walk into a movie theater now, everything is just boldly, you know, product stamped. It plays devil's advocate with the whole situation. You know, Netflix, while they're producing great content and they're, you know, they're giving you the ability to watch this stuff right at home, it does kind of take away from the experience. Like, I, I kind of am with, you know, the the Nolans who say, you know, his films are for theaters because he is designing his movies to be experienced in the theater. Mm-hmm. And that is what was the craft of, of a director, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a filmmaker is to to make it so that it was an experience in the theater. I'm glad that we're moving in a new sort of direction. It's just, I'm more selective about the content that I watch in theaters and the things that I just, I would rather just watch, you know, streamed. It's a, it's very expensive to go to the movies now. Absolutely. Too. And that's the other thing you have you to know, be, not it's only an investment. Is ticket $20 Canadian prices, um, but you you know to get a combo. I mean, for a date night, you're looking at seventy five bucks to go to a movie, get two drinks and two popcorns or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of money if you're going once a week. Or I mean, you know, again, my record for movies in a theater in one year is sixty four. Wow. So I'm going once a week. Yeah. You know, every Tuesday and and Cheap Tuesday. and every other Friday basically yeah. for a whole year. Yeah. I think I'm at about six movies. In theaters on the year at this point, yeah, yeah. it's just too much money. Well, and I think I think um, it's interesting to see those subscription services in the United States starting and then failing, and then you know that uh, I don't really understand. Landing. I would yeah. be jumping all over How that. How amazing would that be to have here? Yeah, right? that I don't understand Cineplex, why they, make it happen. Yeah, they should definitely be making that happen, and that's 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 something that would be really good because I still think that there is an audience that wants to go see certain movies, and I think if they were to target their their subscription. Yeah. In that capacity of where it's like, you know, these blockbusters or these movies that are coming out for the year, you can get to see this and earn points or whatever they want to do. Like, it's just something else, right? Because like Kevin mentions the recliners, you know, that's just another comfort level. Do I, I like the comfort, but like to your point, it can be, you know, if you had a long day, now you're sitting in a movie, you recline and you're like, you know, I don't you know, kind of bored and I'm just going to fall asleep and suddenly you're the guy snoring in a movie theater, right? Like it can, it can definitely get to that. So it's like, it's just this very nice, like there's, there's this balance of trying to find like, how does the experience get enhanced, but it's still focused on the movie and not just 
all the outside surroundings. Well, and stuff. how much bigger do screens have to get? And how much clearer does the picture? Well, have you have seen to those get? new and, screens? Yeah. Have you seen those new screens where it's like like a, a one eighty? It's like a pano, so it's like it's very narrow and it almost wraps you in the theater. So you're kind of like, you're, you're doing like a 180 looking at the whole movie. Like it's literally, what's the one um, that's in the ride that's at magic kingdom. Uh, it's not even a ride. It's like a, a performance. Like Mickey's Philharmonic. Yes. Philharmagic. Yeah. So if you, if, if, you, if, if anyone's actually done that, you know that you have your screen in the center. These but aren't then... in theaters. So I know they have them at like science centers and stuff and they filmed specific content right. for those screens. But they are starting to branch into like they have done like experiments, if you will, or trials in the States mm. with how they render them out so that it is more of this you know, wrapping experience. And, and and I'm interested in in how that can enhance a movie going experience. But I also think there's just too much, you know, 3D is, it's not really. But again, if people don't go, they need to try and get them to go, right? Right, yeah. And, and then you can get unlimited content for $10 a month or going to a movie is $20 for two hours. Yeah, but imagine experiencing Avatar, you know, again, a movie like Avatar, or Avatar 2 or 4, 6, whatever he's doing, you know, but it's like a, 180 panel around you where you're kind of immersed in this world and then they add this 4d element where smells and things mm. spray sure i mean you can get fun with it i mean but i saw the original avatar in 3d imax it's still the best 3d imax movie i've ever seen in right. terms yeah. of the visual experience that yeah. it was it was yeah. yeah so uh i guess kind of to sort of round out yeah. this conversation i would just say maybe let's quickly just say you know one thing you would add to the movie theater experience and one thing you'd take away so, like, for instance, for myself, um, I would consider the option of adding headphones, adding headphones for everyone in the theater. If you want to have that crosstalk experience, they'll still play it through in real time as long as they can make these headphones, you know, noise proof enough. And I don't know how, you know, financially this would work for a movie well, theater. I mean, but, but what but, if you can bring your own in? Okay, and sort sure. of connect through to that through, through Bluetooth. Like Bluetooth. I wonder if it's a safety concern that would prevent that from being something. Because mm. it's a great idea. Yeah. Because then if you don't want to have that crosstalk, I mean, it's pretty loud in a theater anyways that it, it may not be a safety concern. But I hear what you're saying there. But, but I, I just think that would be kind of interesting. So are, are you saying then while the audio is playing in the movie – you would also just get it through your headphones. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. That's interesting. I, I don't that know. Way, that I don't way know if you've got Squeaky Chair McGee over here, or or Sally. What but did why? They call them before our movies, <laughs> Sally, Susie Sally, Talk. Susie Seat Kicker. But why not? Yeah. Why not just have the whole movie just go through the headphones instead of having the outside audio that you're also competing with while you have your? I headphones guess because on. there's going to be people that would be upset about that who like to say, "Oh, but I love talking to me." My, you know, who well, so they can still talk to you're, it. You're, you're forcing people to bring equipment and stuff to a movie where right. you know. It's it, it should be an optional thing. I think, I think that'd be cool, yeah. and especially from an accessibility standpoint. If yeah. there are people that struggle with hearing properly, like that might be something to help. Uh, one thing I would definitely take away, um, I would have to say, um, I would take away the the yeah, kind of to your point, Kevin. All of the videos beforehand and and all of that that advertisement. Move it, move it to before the the lights go down. Go back to that age of. Trailer times, trailers go. Um, I think that's kind of the only thing I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, so I would I would get rid of, uh, you know, uh, commercials. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. paying money. I shouldn't have to be bombarded with advertisement when I'm paying for a product already. Right. You know, that's that's my biggest thing against commercials anytime. Now. Sure, yeah. You know, I pay $5 a month for HBO, so I don't have commercials in my show. I'm mm-hmm. paying $17 to go see a movie. You don't have to advertise to me now. I'm sorry. I don't like it. Right. Uh, but you said that. Um, and, and yeah, we got to figure out some way to make it more affordable for people. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine a family of four trying to take their kids to a, a new movie nowadays with their the prices on a 4D it's whatever insane. AVX. It'd be, it'd be over 100 bucks to, to take four people to a movie. To go see a movie no wonder you're, No wonder you're, you're, you're hurting in the box yeah. office department. Yeah. So. I, I think that, you know, I'll start with what I would take away. I definitely mm-hmm. think the pricing and I think making it more affordable, more accessible, because when you look at the fact that Netflix has, you know, or now Disney Plus coming and, and all of these other streaming services that are going to be, you know, offering up their content, can't really compete with that, right? If yeah. you're a family of four, you can save money on going to the movie theaters. Maybe this is something to add, but, you know, and they're already kind of doing it with certain sort of releases on Netflix, but giving you the option to see it at home. Or in theaters, but I wish they would do that with more of the mainstream stuff. 
You know what I mean? Like if you're someone who can't necessarily take your child or someone to a theater to watch Infinity War, right? To have the ability to pay 60 bucks so you can watch it at home. You know what I mean? Like it is a higher premium, but the idea that it's immediately accessible for streaming, it you get to decide if you could actually. See, but then in all that. you people who pirate stuff and stream stuff without paying are the problem. Yeah, with but, that, no, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it does. It does. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't resolve that. I do think, though, what I if, wholeheartedly what I would love to add to the theater experience is people that look at like the the art of being like a projectionist as a craft. And like the experience of the film, because I just feel like there's people now and the way it's all digital and everything. It's just like, you know, plug something in digital, you press play. Like I like when the lights go down for the trailers. They don't do that anymore. They still leave the lights on because they still know people are going to be coming. People are coming in. Yeah, it's a safety concern, you know, and I understand that. But like it's, you know, just the idea if even and even things like framing it in the proper aspect ratio for the screen or making sure that it's it's in focus, you know what I mean? Or making sure that like there's no dirt on the lens. Just those little fine, minute details that mm-hmm. really bring the idea of being a projectionist as a craft. I'd like to see that. I think if, uh, if I could add one thing that would be like impossible, but like would be amazing, is if they started adding like orchestras. <laughs> to theaters to play the score of the movie as you watch it and that's something that they did so long ago right i've seen i mean i've seen like for instance uh star wars at the toronto symphony orchestra really Um, but the movie playing and then they did the music they did the whole score yeah oh yeah it was really cool yeah it was was really cool cool. i mean the problem is now you get dialogue issues if they're playing or stuff like that it's a it's a wicked experience right uh i think that at that point at that point though like you know, they, it's about the music more so than it is about the movie, yes. right? And yeah. experience the music. Thank you so much, Marty Graham, for writing in for this week's topic of the show uh, for Mailbag. If you would like to write in as well, uh, feel free to do so. Justin, where can they write in again? They can send their questions to wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, well, guys, thank you so much for joining me again. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode and if you did make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts we are geek centric and you can be too which means you can also check us out on youtube at youtube.com slash geek centric follow us on twitter at geek centric yt and uh also check us out on instagram at we are geek centric justin kevin thank you so much for joining me for today's episode thank you it's been a pleasure and as we say love ya get home safe guys peace y'all